Vidura is speaking. Please tell me whether the original personalities of Godhead who incarnated themselves at the request of Brahma, who is born out of the lotus flower from the Lord, and who have increased the prosperity of the world by elevating everyone, are doing well in the house of Surasena. Purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. Lord Krishna and Lord Balaram are not two different personalities of Godhead. God is one without a second, but He expands Himself in many forms without their being separate from one another. They are all plenary expansions. The immediate expansion of Lord Krishna is Baladeva, and Brahma, born from the lotus flower from Garbhodakashayi Vishnu, is an expansion of Baladeva. This indicates that Krishna and Baladeva are not subject to the regulations of the universe. On the contrary, the whole universe is under their subjugation. They appear at the request of Brahma to liberate the burden of the world, and they relieve the world by many superhuman activities, so that everyone became happy and prosperous. Without the grace of the Lord, no one can become happy and prosperous because the happiness of the family of the Lord's devotees depends on the happiness of the Lord. Vidura first of all inquired about the well-being of the Lord. Omagyana Timurandasya Pyananjana Shalakaya Chaksur Unmilitanyena Tasmai Shri Guravena Translation again. Please tell me whether the original personalities of Godhead, who incarnated themselves at the request of Brahma, who is born out of the lotus flower from the Lord, and who have increased the prosperity of the world by elevating everyone, are doing well in the house of Surah Singh. We're hearing from the third canto, first chapter. Vidura is speaking, this chapter of course questions by Vidura. Vidura had been introduced in the Srimad Bhagavatam in the first canto, 13th chapter, Prithirashtra quits home. The chapter began with Vidura's entrance into the palace at Hastinapur and it describes that he had come from pilgrimage and during his pilgrimage he had been receiving instructions from Maitreya. And then the chapter goes on to describe Vidura's preaching to Dhritarashtra and his encouraging his brother to get out from home and to prepare for his fast approaching death. So in the end of the second canto well, throughout the second canto, Vidura has been mentioned again, he's not mentioned again, he's only mentioned in that thirteenth chapter in the first canto in relation to Dhritarashtra quitting home. 
Now it's interesting why 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 this uh, incident is explained in the first canto without giving a detailed presentation about Vidura. And Sridhar Swami, the famous commentator on Srimad Bhagavatam, explains that both uh, Vidura's return to Hastinapur and also Arjuna returning to Hastinapur from Dwarka. Both of these incidents have to be recounted, they have to be uh, described in order to prepare the scene for Maharaj Parikshit becoming the ruler of the world. And then also with Parikshit becoming the ruler of the world, how he challenges the personality of Kali and how ultimately he is cursed to death. So these two incidents are very important in preparing the scene for describing the speaking of Srimad Bhagavatam, which is the cursing of Maharaj Parikshit. These two incidents, Arjuna is returning from Dwarka and describing everything, and then also this incident of Vidura coming back to Hastinapur. Uh, at the end of the second canto, throughout the second canto we have a lot of information about creation, we have the Chakra Sloki Bhagavatam described and how it relates to the ten subject matters of Srimad Bhagavatam. And there's a lot of uh, technical information about the creation of the universal form and also about material creation and annihilation. So hearing all of these things, at the end of the second canto, the sages in Nanasharanya forest requested Sura Goswami to please tell us more about Vidura. We want, the, earlier you'd mentioned about Vidura and he'd, he'd been receiving instructions from Maitreya. So tell us about that. The sages themselves changed the topic. Just like, you know, if we're in a class and the class is very technical and it's going a lot of technical stuff, you, you know, you can't just take in a lot of technical details, you have to vary it. Prabhupada was of course very expert, he could lace his, his uh, lectures with wonderful analogies and pastimes and different incidents to keep us interested in the philosophy. If we just hear only the philosophy all the time, without the Leela, it makes it a little difficult for us to... I mean, it's difficult at the best of times to absorb our mind in hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. But when it's just straight philosophy, then it's really difficult. So, it seems like the sages themselves, Prabhupada mentions in the purport, that in the second canto, at the end of the second canto, tenth chapter, Prabhupada said, the sages wanted to hear more transcendental topics. Uh, they, they had heard enough of the physical because they'd been hearing about creation and annihilation and they wanted to hear something more transcendental. Prabhupada in that purport goes on to explain how there are classes of men, two classes of men. There's the materialist and the transcendentalist. For the materialists, they like to hear about all the physical laws. Maybe many of us even previously, before becoming devotees, we were scientists or engineers or we were, we were absorbed in studying the material world and thinking how wonderful nature is. Oh, the beauty of the rose, how it, it 
how it has such a beautiful appearance and at the same time has a wonderful fragrance and how it opens and closes. So many wonders are there in nature to attract the mind. Prabhupada met one man, he was studying grass and why grass is green and how it grows. And you know, and Prabhupada said, you should understand who is behind all of this nature. Not just to be caught up in studying the nature only, but see who is the personality who is controlling all of this nature. So Prabhupada touches on this a little bit in this purport because he explains how Krishna and Balaram appeared in this world to perform their superhuman pastimes. Their, super, their pastimes are certainly superhuman, they're, but they're, they're attractive not only for the devotees. The transcendentalists are certainly attracted, but even the materialists can take pleasure in hearing of the superhuman activities of the Lord. You like to hear love affairs? Some women often like to read love stories and things like that. There are so many love stories in Srimad Bhagavatam. You can read about Krishna's pastimes with his gopis, with his queens of Dwarka. We can hear about crime, the stealing of the Shamantaka jewel and how Krishna goes as a detective to bring it back. You like to hear about war stories, there are so many different incidents are there, killing the demons, fighting battles. It is all there in Srimad Bhagavatam. So even a mundane materialist can take pleasure in hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. And transcendentalists undoubtedly will take pleasure in hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. Prabhupada writes about this in the introduction to his Krishna book. How the Krishna book is good for three kinds of people. The materialist, one who is endeavoring to be transcendental and one who is already transcendental. They will all take pleasure in hearing these pastimes of the Lord. Sukadeva Goswami in Koti Admarama Sloka that even Atmaramas, even those who are liberated souls, they are inclined to, to discuss topics, to hear the narrations of the pastimes of the Lord. We know that Sukadeva Goswami was attracted to hear Srimad Bhagavatam and they brought him back to the home of the ants to hear again the Srimad Bhagavatam. Although he had not, no interest in the material world, he was not attached to his family, he was not entangled in material life, but he was attached to hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. So, the transcendentalists, they will also take pleasure in hearing the topics of the Lord. And that is why these sages, they, they wanted to hear these transcendental topics. They wanted to hear that when Maitreya and Vidura met, what did they talk about? What did they discuss? And this is leading, this is what is being described now. Uh, Sutta Goswami, or Sukadeva Goswami, are describing this meeting between Vidura and Maitreya. And the questions which Vidura put, he wants to know. Uh, he wants to hear. Uh, he's asking Maitreya, what happened to all of these uh, different people? Tell me about them. Vidura is concerned about the personality of Godhead. Are they well? 
He's not wondering, did they catch a cold? Or have they got some fever or something? Are they suffering from some disease or bodily ailments? Are they well? Why would a, why, how could a devotee be concerned about the welfare of the Lord? Huh, the, the Lord, of course, his, his welfare is related to that of the devotees. The Lord is concerned for the welfare of devotees. He comes in this world for the pleasure of his devotees. Prabhupada explains, first of all, that the, the, the Lord is not just simply one. Sometimes people are confused when they come to our temple that they see so many different gods. And they say, I, th I thought you people were monotheistic. I thought you just worshipped one God. We've got so many different gods here. But they're the one Lord in many different forms. Jai Shri Shri the Lord is appearing in countless forms, innumerable forms. And Lord Balaram is another of his form. His original form is called the Swayamrup. The original form of the personality of Godhead, complete and full of all opulence. The Swayamrup, Lord Krishna as a cowherd boy in Vrindavan, playing the flute. But Lord Balaram is his first expansion and none different from Krishna only difference in color Lord Balaram possesses all the potencies of Lord Krishna but he comes in the mood of the Lord's servant as Lord Balaram he is able to serve Lord Krishna in all different rasas He's, he will be the friend sometimes he will be friendly with Krishna Sometimes he will serve Krishna and sometimes he will play the part of the older brother and Krishna will, he will allow Lord Krishna to serve him. In another form, in his form as Ananga Manjari, Lord Balaram is also serving Lord Krishna in Madhuryadas. So in all different rasas, Lord Balaram is able to render service to Lord Krishna. Srila Prabhupada goes on to explain uh, that Lord Brahma is also an expansion of Lord Balaram because Lord Balaram expands himself first of all as Sankarshan and then from Sankarshan into the Chaturvyuha Sankarshan, Aniruddha, Prajumna, Vasudev and then again there's another Chaturvyuha, secondary Chaturvyuha and then from that we have also the three Purusha avatars Karpotakashai Vishnu, Karanakakashai Vishnu, Shirodakashai Vishnu and this they are all coming from expansions of Lord Balaram so this way Lord Brahma he is also an expansion of Lord Balaram so Vidura is point he is saying in this verse that these two lords Krishna and Balaram they have appeared at the request of Lord Brahma who is born from the lotus flower of Gorbhutakashayi Vishnu. Queen Kunti mentions like this, he, she offers different reasons why the Lord has appeared. And one of these reasons is that at the request of Lord Brahma, because Lord Brahma was concerned that the world was overburdened by so many demonic kings. Lord Brahma 
had been approached by Mother Bhumi. She had gone to Brahma and requested for help to alleviate her distressing condition of having the burden of so many demonic kings. And at that time then Lord Brahma approached uh, the Lord at Swedadweep and offered his prayers. And this is one reason which Kunti offers for the descent of the Lord. Prabhupada goes on to explain that by their appearance in this world everyone becomes happy and prosperous. Now we should appreciate what is real happiness and prosperity. Actually conditioned souls do not know what is real happiness. They are thinking happiness simply to be some satisfaction of the senses. Fill the belly, eat and sleep, mating, defending. This is their happiness, giving some pleasure to the body. But factually we know that material sense gratification never satisfies anyone. It simply increases the burning fire of lust. Nobody is satisfied in the material world. No one has enough. Everyone's wanting more. They will have one holiday after one vacation. They can't wait for the next one. So nobody is, ever gets any real satisfaction from material life. No one will say, I have enough wealth. I don't need any more. They're always anxious to increase their power, their fame, and their prosperity. Because they're thinking prosperity means my bank balance. Having the latest model of a car. Or having a big house bigger than the others. And all the latest gadgets in the house. They're thinking prosperity means economic development. Prabhupada said, economic development is just a polished way of saying sense gratification. It's nothing more than sense gratification. The Lord, when Lord Krishna and Balaram come in this world, their business is not just to satisfy our material senses or to make us simply prosperous. Prosperity means having actually peace of mind and control of the senses. This question of discussed in 10th Canto Srimad Bhagavatam, the question is raised that the devotees of Shiva are so opulent, they enjoy so much wealth, but it seems like the devotees of Vishnu are not so wealthy, they're not so opulent. Although Lakshmi is the goddess of fortune, and the concept of Lord Narayan, it seems like her devotees have the curse of Brigo on them. No, they're bereft of opulence. But Lord Shiva, although he's austere and lives under a banyan tree, that his devotees, they enjoy lots of wealth. So, why is it like this? And it is explained that the real prosperity, the real wealth, is not in just simply having money in the bank and uh, all types of assets in the form of land and home and family members but the real prosperity is having a peaceful mind and controlled senses and that is the opulence of the devotees of Krishna 
This peacefulness has to be achieved by the grace of the Lord. The grace of the Lord. How to get the grace of the Lord? The grace of the Lord can be achieved by everyone. By recognizing Him as the proprietor. In Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna explains the peace formula. Bhoktaram yagna tapasham sarva loka maheshwaram suridam sarva bhutanam kyadvamam shantim richati. We simply have to know Krishna's three things. That Krishna is the supreme proprietor. That not proprietor of some little land or a little house somewhere, not even just simply the proprietor of one country or one planet, but he's Sarvaloka Maheshwara. He's the proprietor of all of the planets, all of the everything is his, all the universes. And yagnas and tapashyas, everything we do is for his pleasure. Bhaktivikaswami was explaining to me yesterday that with the coming Ekadasi we should not think that simply by our tapasya of performing the vow of austerity that Krishna is obliged to fulfill our desires. Krishna is obliged to give us a nice temple in Moscow. Krishna is obliged to take care of our problems in Kazakhstan. Not like that. Krishna is not just our order supplier. Krishna, we have a loving relationship with Krishna. Our business is to please Krishna. To give pleasure to Krishna. Our business is not to tell Krishna what we want. Give me this, give me that. That is material religion. That's already rejected in the beginning of Srimad Bhagavatam. Dharma Projita Kaitavata Paramo. That is all kicked out. Religion which is materially motivated. Our business is to please Krishna. To give pleasure to Krishna. And whatever difficulties we undergo for His pleasure, that is our pleasure. That is our enjoyment. In Shikshasikam, Lord Chaitanya describes Asliśyava padarakam panastumam adashana marmahatam karotuva that even you handle me roughly in your embrace, make me broken hearted by not being present before me. You are free to do anything and everything, but you are always my worshipful Lord. Where this verse is spoken by, in the mood of Sri Srimati Radharani herself, the greatest, topmost devotee. The mood of the gopis is to serve Krishna in separation, even with a broken heart. The difficulties which we undergo are meant to, for the pleasure of Krishna, are our greatest pleasure. In the material world, we take pleasure in seeing the distress of others. When others are suffering, we say, ha ha, look at him. Huh. He's in, he's, he knows all about it. They know all about it now. Look at them. And you, we enjoy seeing others suffer. That's material life. But in Krishna consciousness, for a devotee, our pleasure is taking difficulties for Krishna, for Krishna's pleasure, without asking anything in return. 
devotee has nothing to ask for, for Krishna. Devotee's only business is to please Krishna, to give pleasure to Krishna, without ever asking anything in return. Uh, the mood of the gopis is, if our crying, if our distress makes Krishna happy, that is our greatest happiness. We often, I often ask uh, our householders, can you tell your spouse like that? Your distress, if my dear wife, my, my dear wife, if my distress makes you happy, then that is my happiness. We don't have that kind of love in the material world. This is only with Krishna. These loving relationships are spiritual. The nature of spiritual love, perfection, is to cry for Krishna. Or uh, our dear God brother, Gorgovinda Maharaj used to say he had opened a crying school in Bhubaneswar. He wanted to train people to cry for Krishna. What? Prabhupada also writes in the Nectar of Devotion how perfection can be achieved by this crying for Krishna, accepting difficulties and undergoing all types of trials and tribulations for the pleasure of the Lord. That is our happiness. That is our greatest pleasure. And by accepting all, by pleasing Krishna, by accepting all kinds of troubles, going out, preaching, distributing books in difficult conditions, doing the vow of Akadasi, also, these things, Parikrama, also, not just going on Parikrama, thinking I will get rid of my sins, I will purify myself, but for Krishna's pleasure. If we're just trying to get rid of our sins, that is devotional service and goodness. But pure devotional service, transcendental devotional service is doing everything for the pleasure of Krishna. We want to please Krishna. This is Krishna consciousness. That we're thinking how to please Krishna at every moment. And of course the easiest way to please Him is simply by chanting His holy name. But Chaitanya has taught everyone how we can give pleasure to Krishna simply through chanting His holy name. So Krishna consciousness can be easy. It doesn't have to be a great struggle. We don't have to cry. But if we do have that strong desire, nothing wrong with it. In this way, Vidura is inquiring. Tell me about these people and these different devotees. How are they? Uh, are they doing well in the house of Sura Singh? Are there any questions? Yes, Prabhu? Microphone here. Sudha Sattva Prabhu. Pure goodness. I'm mostly in pure ignorance. So I want to, with your permission, Maharaj, thank you for a nice class. I want to clarify a point sometimes. The mood of the gopis, you say, this is the mood of Lord Chaitanya, to cry for Krishna, in the mood of the Goswamis also. I was saying with Maharaj, his class. 
Also, this is the mood of Brahman crying in separation, you meet Pranamda. But sometimes, in the story of Gaudiya Vaishnava, this is misunderstood that not only in the mood of separation, but there are some kind of gopis, and they want the union of Krishna also. You just suppose that is the high thing, you know, we Pranamda Bhav, but there are explanations from the Acharyas that the special Manjaris, they want the union. They are separate, but they want the union of Radha Krishna. Because separation itself, I put the example of the couple, the husband and wife, when they are separate because they travel some place. But their separation intensifies, you know, the necessity for union. But special gopis and manjaris, they want that Krishna and Radharani be united, not only separate. It's important thing to mention because sometimes we say, you know, Goranga Mahaprabhu came in the mood of only the Pralambhava, but they want also the union between Radha and Krishna. Yes, well, the feeling of separation itself necessitates that there will be union. Yeah, it's a play, you know. The more that the, the, the feeling of separation intensifies, then that brings the union. With your permission, I want to quote some uh, important point in this regard with Bhakti No Thakur, who was surprised to me. Srila Bhakti Rasaksida Maharaj was saying, I, Bhakti No Thakur want to share in the mood of Kurukshetra when the gopis are waiting for Krishna but they can meet with him. So it was like a kind of mystery. Why Bhakti Nautakur want to be that mood? Because the intensity of Bhakti is very high at that moment, so he can render better service. Uh, oh yeah, uh, he's explaining that at Kurukshetra, the Kurukshetra at the time of the sacrifice, when there was a uh, solar eclipse, then uh, the resident Krishna had come with all the queens from Dwarka, and at that time Nanda Maharaj had also brought the gopis and other Prajpasis to Kurukshetra. And so they were meeting after a long time. So at that time, the gopis, along with Srimati Radharani, they were seeing Krishna after a long time. But they were not able to speak to him because Krishna was there with all of his wives. So Krishna in the presence of all of his wives and family members and then these young, these gopis, maybe not so young by that time, but they were all there also. They could not just immediate, immediately go and talk to Krishna and how are you, we haven't seen you for a long time, as we would do. Because the Vedic culture is such, the un women would not speak to another man. And because also Krishna was in the mood of king, not in the mood of Shama Sundara in Vrindavan. Yeah, that's also true, that he was coming more in his uh, Vasudeva form, Vasudeva feature coming from Dwarka. But still the gopis were attracted, to, they knew this is Krishna, the same Krishna, they wanted to bring him to Vrindavan. So they were not able to immediately speak to Krishna. They had to wait for the opportune moment yes. when Krishna could free himself from all of his uh, wives and family members. But the intensity, the intensity, they, can, they want to meet with Krishna, but they can't. So they, their desire to meet came high to rise point, came to a very high point. Yeah, yeah, that, so we could imagine how great the, the feeling of of separation, intensity to be with Krishna was even the greatest there at Kurukshetra. 
So he was saying Bhaktivinoda Thakur was aspiring for this mode, that this feeling of separation at Kurukshetra was the greatest because they are seeing Krishna. Krishna is there, he's not far away. But still, the culture is such, they can't go, they can't meet with him, they can't talk to him. So this was the, the highest fire of separation. to be a desire for union because if there's no desire for union there's no lamentation and separation so so the desire for union must be there otherwise there is no separation but it is mentioned in several places that that the ecstasy of separation is the most intense and in uh, Krishna book uh, Prabhupada mentions that when uh, everybody thought Krishna was dead, that Kalya had killed Krishna, that they were actually experiencing the highest ecstasy. Any other questions, comments? Yes, Manaji? Wait, you get the mic, take the mic. It, it's probably a, quite an ignorant question, but I would like to ask that how is it that, like the austerity of falling a codice, say one fasts all day, how is it that that pleases Krishna? Oh yeah, because a codice is very dear to Krishna. It's one of, it's a day which is very, it is like Krishna's day. It's a, you know, of all the days, you know, this is one of the special days which is very dear to Lord Krishna. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur writes about that in his song Shuddha Bhaktik Pakita Chananari Bhajana Madhava Titi Bhakti Janani And then he said uh, By following the holy days such as the Kadesi uh, uh, Then the mother of devotion is One gets the, mo uh, the mother of devotion is given to A Kadesi which is the mother of devotion uh, One can get give pleasure to Krishna. Ekadasi is one of Krishna's day. It's like Krishna's day. Just like Janmastami, we think of that also. It's Krishna's day, right? I mean, you can think of why, because it's birthday. But Ekadasi, is birth, Krishna's birthday, you know, it's not only once a year, but every, you know, there's every Ekadasi is also Krishna's day. It's a special day, a day which is very dear to Krishna. That is why Prabhupada said, you know, he wants us to observe the Kadesi by increasing our hearing and chanting. It's the day in which we increase our remembrance of Krishna. Every day we have to remember Krishna, but especially it's powerful on the Kadesi. And if we observe the Kadesi, it becomes a mother of devotion for those devotees who take shelter of it, of her. It means, Devotion is awakened within us just by remembering Krishna, increasing, our, intensifying our remembrance of Krishna on Ekadasi. This is exactly why Ekadasi is dear to Krishna, I don't know. Anybody know? Anybody like to say? Should have said for trouble? Okay. 
all the study in the Purana, then the definition of how uh, a currency appeared, because it was that that ball was after Krishna, by killing Krishna, then appeared. So currency is the internal potency and Taranga Shakti of Krishna, and because it, it protects Krishna, so it is very dear for Krishna. But there are more elaborate descriptions also in the Purana. So he says the currency is the antaranga, antaranga Shakti, the internal potency of Krishna. And this is a, this is described in Purana. But we will find many people there also observing the currency, not only Krishna devotees, there are many other people, there are yogis and tantrics and so on, they observe Ekadasi, they're also doing Ekadasi. Their mood is different. Their mood is not to please Krishna. They're observing Ekadasi, they're fasting on Ekadasi, they may not be sleeping even. Why are they following Ekadasi Vrat? They're doing it to in increase their piety, maybe to develop some cities, to get rid of some of their maybe past karmas. Their mood is not for the pleasure of Krishna. This is the difference between devotee and the other transcendentalists. Our business is to please Krishna. Everything for Krishna. By serving Krishna, then Krishna is happy. And when Krishna is happy, we also feel happy. When we see the deities beautifully dressed, we feel pleasure. When we see nice offerings, nice kirtans, everything for the pleasure of Krishna, it's also pleasing for us. We become happy. And the courtesy is another means for pleasing Krishna. Yes, There's a letter from Prabhupada where he explains some of the simple rules of cooking. But in the Prabhupada said, we must follow the rules and regulations, otherwise what is the proof that we love Krishna? This is a very clear and basic point. Follow, we follow the rules and regulations because we love Krishna. It's proof of our love for Krishna. We want to do all the things we're supposed to do. We, why do we do these things? Just out of love. Sometimes people want, what are you people doing? You people, you're always out here singing and dancing. Who's paying you? You know, they, they often wonder like that. Who's paying you guys, you know? They can't believe we do it out of love. They're surprised because material world, nobody does anything for out of love. You know, it's, oh, how much will you pay me? What are you going to give me? You, do, you want me to do something, you have to pay me. That's, that's not... Bhakti, that's not devotion. Devotion of service. We do things out of love. We wake up early in the morning. People are willing to stay up all night, sing and dance, even not eating. Because they have love for Krishna. Or they want to get love for Krishna. They're greedy for that. So. Oh. Okay, thank you very much. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai.